Welcome to church. This week, Pastor OJ is sharing his sermon titled, Remember. His sermon will focus on the need for us to remember what God has done for us in the past in order to walk with faith in the present. And if you're new here, we'd love to get you connected with our community. You can message us on Facebook, Instagram, or by simply texting hello to 587-323-1199, and we'll respond right back. I'm so glad you could join us today. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always. And surely I am with you always. And surely I am with you always. To the very end of the age. To the very end of the age. Well, good morning and welcome to all those of you on the main floor, those of you in the balcony, and those that are joining us in the lower auditorium this morning. And also for all those that are joining online, we, uh, we welcome you. Isn't this amazing? Edmonton has no snow in the, this part of November. We're okay with that, right? I know the farmers are wanting moisture and that can all come, but it's kind of na- nice to get a couple extra weeks here, isn't it? Yes, so we, we are continuing our uh, series on disciples who make disciples. And all of our messages are on one of the three social media platforms. So if you've missed any in the series, you can go back there and uh, just catch on up on them. This past week, we had Remembrance Day. How many of you had the opportunity to view or participate in something regarding Remembrance Day? Uh, Remembrance Day is a day in our nation that has been set aside to remember the sacrifices made for our freedom. And when we forget the past, we lose our identity to a certain extent, and we lose the anchor that keeps us from drifting. When we forget the sacrifices made for our freedom, we will start taking that freedom for granted, and as a result, become complacent in maintaining our freedoms and eventually we will lose our freedoms. Former U.S. President Ronald Reagan made this statement. And it's, a, it's an insightful statement. He said, freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We do not pass it to our children in the bloodstream. It must be fought for, protected, and handed on to them to do the same. Or one day we will spend our sunset years telling our children and our grandchildren what it was like to live in a land where there was freedom. Similarly, our spiritual freedom and our spiritual health must also be maintained. It's not inherited. It has, it's first generation. Each one of them, us have to experience Uh, Christ for ourselves, and it also must be maintained. When we forget our spiritual roots, our spiritual history, our new identity in Christ, we begin to drift away from God. And the Bible makes it very clear 
that God places a tremendously high priority on us remembering certain things. I've got a question for you this morning. It was in the social media uh, feed on Facebook regarding the message. Have you ever thought about what you may be forgetting? You ever thought about that? What you may be forgetting? And the title of the message this morning is entitled, Remember. If I'd like us all to stand at this time, everywhere, uh, downstairs, upstairs, in the lower auditorium and online as well. And I want to pray uh, for our hearts to be open this morning. I'm just really sensing that the, the Lord wants to speak into some of our lives today, whether in-house or whether online. I'm just really sensing that. So, Lord Jesus, even as we've gathered here, we're, we're reminded where two or three are gathered in your name. You are there in their midst. And, Jesus, thank you for your presence here this morning. And, Lord Jesus, today we stand with hearts open before you. And Holy Spirit, we invite you to come and to minister in our hearts. And Lord, if there's some things that we should be remembering, that we are forgetting, I pray that you will bring them to the front of our thought process today. Holy Spirit, shine your light into our lives this morning. And Lord Jesus, we pray that your purposes will be accomplished as we surrender to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. you. May be seated. The Bible is absolutely full of stories about the importance of remembering. Remembering is such an important thing to God in the Old Testament, times that on many occasions God commanded his people to erect monuments, to engage in certain festival reenactments, things that would help them to remember compel them to remember. But the Bible is also full of a number of instances and the resulting consequences in which people fail to remember. Last winter in the series, It's Time to Dream Again, uh, we looked at how God had raised up Joseph to the second in command in Egypt, right beside Pharaoh. And when famine came to Egypt, God used Joseph's preparation for the famine, not only to provide for the Egyptian people, but also for Joseph's family and for all of the Israelites that moved to Egypt at that time, at the invitation of the Pharaoh. Now, the Israelites settled in Egypt, and they had become part of the Egyptian society. As a matter of fact, they were doing very well there. Exodus tells us that the Israelites were fruitful and prolific. They multiplied and grew exceedingly strong so that the land was filled with them. Everything was going great in Egypt until the Egyptians forgot what Joseph had done for them. Exodus 1.8, we pick it up there where it says, eventually a new king came into power in Egypt who knew nothing about Joseph or what he had done. See, the Egyptian people did not remember their history. They had no idea how they got to this point. Now, it was obviously not passed down from generation to generation, but in reality, our history, good or bad, is part of what brought us to where we are at today. And the Egyptian people had forgotten 
that an Israelite had been used of God to put in place the plan that would save their, na their nation during the seven years of extreme famine, they did not remember. See, forgetting our history will affect the decisions we make in the present. Having forgotten that an Israelite had saved all of Egypt in the past, a new Egyptian ruler felt threatened by the Israelites' success, and he decided to enslave them. That's what happens when people fail to remember. Have you ever thought about what you may have forgotten? Have you ever thought about what we as Canadians may be forgetting right now? Well, our national anthem might give us a bit of an idea. It goes like this, God, yes, God, keep our land glorious and free. O Canada, we stand on guard for thee. O Canada, we stand on guard for thee. You see, the name God in the beginning of that stanza is not just a name drop, but it's actually a request. Asking God to bless our country. In effect, everyone who sings this song is really singing a prayer. God, keep our land glorious and free. See, the emphasis of our national anthem becomes even more abundantly clear in the verse that is sung much less often. Ruler supreme, who hearest humble prayer, hold our dominion within thy loving care. Help us to find, O oh God, in thee, a lasting rich reward as waiting for the better day we stand on guard. Amazing. This is the Can in the Canadian anthem. And you know the prayer that, that begins with, O oh God, keep our land glorious and free, continues to this stanza and actually shifts for a moment to focus on eternity recognizing that worldly governments and politics are all subject to God's sovereignty. As I said, this verse is not often sung, but it provides, I believe, important context which can help us understand the meaning of the first verse. And I believe it gives us an insight on what we as Canadians have forgotten through these lens, as we look at our anthem, we can see that early Canadians, we can see what they thought, what they valued, what they believed in. And it's a far cry from where we're at as a society today. Our governments, our influencing institutions have slowly and systematically and intentionally continued to remove God. Forgetting, forgetting Failing to remember that as a nation, we had begun by looking to God as our foundation. Part of our reason for the forgetting in our nation is also that the church has forgotten as well. General William Booth, the founder of the Salvation Army, had this incredible insight as he was looking at our, at our century. And here's what he said looking ahead. He said the chief danger that confronts the coming century will be religion without the Holy Ghost. You know what? You can have church, but it's just an organization. It's just a gathering. He said religion without the Holy Ghost, Christianity without Christ, forgiveness without repentance, 
salvation without regeneration, and politics without God. Politics without God, and heaven without hell. Some very accurate insights by the founder of the Salvation Army. And I understand this sounds incredibly countercultural right now. And in the name of Jesus, we, I pray, may God have mercy on this land and may the Church of Canada come alive again. See, God had a bigger plan for the Israelites than to stay captive in Egypt. And he's got a bigger plan for us rather than staying captive where we are now. See, God's plan was to free the nation of Israel from Egypt to take them to their own land. So God raises up Moses to meet with the Egyptian pharaoh to try to persuade a pharaoh to give the Israelites their freedom. But Pharaoh's not open to the Israelites leaving. He needs the slave labor, right? He needs the slave labor. They're building his cities. So he says, no, I'm not letting you go. So God uses a series of ten plagues, each one a little worse than the one before, to try to convince Pharaoh. But after each of the first nine plagues, Pharaoh hardens his heart even more. And he won't let the Israelite people go. Then God sends the final plague, an angel of death, to kill the firstborn of every family in Egypt to get Pharaoh's attention. So to protect the nation of Israel, from this final plague, Moses instructs them to paint the door frames of their dwellings with the blood of the Lamb. And that way, when the angel of death comes, he will pass over that particular dwelling house. And they were also instructed to pack some unleavened bread. Unleavened bread is bread that doesn't have any yeast in it. Uh, for the sudden escape that they were soon to make. And we pick it up in Exodus 12, 14, as they, if you can picture this, they're ready to leave. And here's what Moses says to them. He says, this is a day to remember. Remember, each year from generation to generation, you must celebrate as a special festival to the Lord. This is a law for all time. And then he goes on and gives, says, obey these instructions as a lasting ordinance for you and your descendants. When you enter the land that the Lord will give you as he promised, observe this ceremony. And then when your children ask you, what does this ceremony mean to you? Then tell them, it's the Passover sacrifice to the Lord, who passed over the houses of the Israelites in Egypt and spared our homes when he struck down the Egyptians. Then the people bowed down and worshiped. So the Jewish people... They were to remember this event with a Seder supper each year through the annual remembrance of the Passover event. And the wine would represent the blood of the lamb that was shed and put on each door. And the bread would represent God's provision for the journey out of slavery into freedom. But here's the challenge. The challenge for us as people is that we forget very quickly let me ask you this morning, in-house and online, what have you forgotten? What have you forgotten that God has done in your life? So the Israelites, forgetting quickly, 
Picking up in Psalm, verse, uh, Psalm 106, verse 7, uh, the psalmist writes, Our ancestors in Egypt were not impressed by the Lord's miraculous deeds. They soon forgot. We forget very quickly. His many acts of kindness to them. Instead, they rebelled against him at the Red Sea. See, forgetting actually has tragic consequences because forgetting can lead to rebellion. And then in verse uh, uh, 13 to 15, the psalmist goes on to say, yet how quickly they forgot what he had done. They wouldn't wait for his counsel in the wilderness. Wouldn't wait for his counsel. They wouldn't wait. And in the wilderness, their desires ran wild. So he gave them what they asked for. But he sent a plague along with it. You see, forgetting what God has done makes us impatient. Makes us impatient. And causes us to not wait for the Lord's direction. See, impatience leads us to take matters into our own hands rather than wait for God. And I really felt as I was preparing this that there would be some listening this morning. You're listening to this this morning in-house or online, and you've become impatient. You're impatient at this moment. And I want to encourage you just, just continue to remember what God has done in the past and continue to be patient to wait for his timing. The people couldn't wait when Moses had gone up to the mountain. So in verse 19, Psalm 106, we read, the people, they made a calf at Mount Sinai. They bowed before an image made of gold. They traded their glorious God. If you can believe that, the amazing glorious God that had brought them thus far, they traded him for the statue of a grass-eating bull. They forgot God their Savior who had done such great things in Egypt. You see, forgetting God will lead us to do foolish things. When we forget God, we become foolish. We may think we're wise in the eyes of the world, but when we forget God, we become foolish. And I believe that's what we're seeing in our land today in many ways. The foolishness is because we've forgotten God. I believe that's true in our nation, and it can also be true in our personal lives. Are you forgetting God in certain areas of your life? My caution to you would be at this moment, if you're forgetting God, beware of making foolish decisions that you will regret later. Because forgetting God leads us to do foolish things. And then, we're a forgetful people. We also have a tendency to forget God during good times. And God knew that. Uh, he's aware of this human tendency, so he gives the Israelites this caution in Deuteronomy 8, verses 10 to 14. He says, hey, listen, when you've eaten and are satisfied, Praise the Lord your God for he has given for the good land he has given you. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God failing to observe his commands, his laws and his decrees that I'm giving you this day. And here it is. Otherwise, 
when you eat and are satisfied, when you build fine houses and settle down, and when your herds and flocks grow large and your silver and gold increase and all that you have is multiplied. And the United Nations says that your nation is one of the top three places to live in the world. When it says that to you, then your heart will become proud and you will forget the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. What happens when we're successful, when we're comfortable? We forget. Forgetting God during times of success leads to pride. Leads to pride. Then in verse 17 of Deuteronomy, he cautions them even further. He says, you may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. You might say, well, I got myself to where I'm at. I'm self-made. But then verse 18 clarifies that. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he, it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. And so confirms this covenant which he swore to your ancestors as it is today. Because forgetting God during times of success will lead to pride and will lead to self-sufficiency. Where we think we did it all, we made it all happen, and we can resolve it all. As Pastor Tony Evans says, Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. And all the king's men can put Humpty Dumpty together again. Folks, we're seeing in our world at this moment that the wisdom of governments and the wisdom of all the best thinkers and everything is falling short. We need a move of God. We need an intervention of God on the earth today. And we need to get rid of our self-sufficiency and our pride. And we need to say, God, we need you. Have mercy on us. See, the Bible reminds us that bad things happen when the people of God forget. Throughout all of his, the history of Israel, we see tragic consequences for, of forgetting God. Consequences like death, destruction, captivity, wilderness years, lost years, and wasted lives. Folks, when we forget God, we are wasting our life. We waste our life when we forget God. That's why David writes in Psalm 103, he says, Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. So what are some of the ways that we can prevent ourselves from for, for forgetting? Well, God gave uh, the Israelites a really good one in Joshua. When Joshua was leading Joshua 4 verses 1 to 7, and I love this uh, whole uh, story, this whole narrative as it unfolds, but they had, he, when the entire nation had finished crossing Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, he said, select 12 men from the people, one from each tribe, and command them to take 12 stones from here out of the middle of the Jordan, from the place where the priest's feet stood. And if you remember, at flood stage, 
The priests leading the ark led the way into the river Jordan. It was actually at flood stage, and it, it just rolled back, and they began to cross on dry ground. So he said, when you're at that place, pick where the priest's feet stood, carry them with you, take the stones with you, and lay them in a place where you camp tonight. So Joshua gives them this instruction. He summoned the 12 men from the Israelites, whom he appointed one from each tribe, and Joshua said to them, and if you can picture this, pass on before the ark of the Lord your God in the middle of Jordan, and each of you take up a stone on his shoulder one for each of the tribes of Israel, so that this may be a sign among you. And when your children in time ask, like, what's this, what are all these stones about? What's this about? When they ask, what do these stones mean to you? Then you tell them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off in front of the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it crossed over the Jordan and the waters of the Jordan were cut off. So these stones will be to the Israelites a memorial forever. And we use the term standing stones. Standing stones. So how do we keep ourselves from forgetting? As if we were to take the time, we'd probably be able to go for a whole week or more hearing about the miraculous things that God has done in your lives, right? We have stories. We have all kinds of history. We have all kinds of accounts of the amazing workings of God. But how do we remember? Well, it could be a diary. Your standing stone could be a diary. Maybe it is a physical item that reminds you of a time when a significant spiritual moment. Or it could be an ingrained memory that you point to as a standing stone when you face the next challenge. You say, I remember what God did at the Jordan, and here's this standing stone, and I'm going to trust him. And then, regular pattern of Bible reading and prayer. And this isn't supposed to be a religious routine. But this is actually a time when we, in Scripture, where Scripture points us to God, and in prayer, when we commune with Him, we remember. How many of you found as you've gone through Scripture, the Lord tweaks your mind, reminds you of something, helps you remember? And then the regular pattern of giving tithes and offerings. You know, when we take a tent right off of the top, we're saying, God, I remember that you are the one that gave me the physical life, that you gave me the ability to earn this income, that you brought this increase into my life, and I'm just giving it right off the top, acknowledging who you are, remembering who you are. And then the regular pattern of gathering together with other believers. And COVID has robbed has robbed the Christian church. 30 to 40% of the Christian church are at large, somewhere, someplace, somehow, across the North America, really. And you know what? There is a reason that the, uh, the author of Hebrews wrote, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. You see, when we meet together with other believers, we find encouragement. And we find accountability. And both of those things will help us remember God. So that's why we are encouraging everyone that's part of 
Calvary community, be part of our Sunday morning gathering and part of a small group, even as we get those going over time as the, hopefully the restrictions lessen. But we got to figure out how to connect. We can't just keep going on and being disconnected. So remember, remember, take a moment and just in your mind's eye and just let the Holy Spirit uh, speak to your heart. Remember how God has protected you from making a shipwreck of your life. Remember how you were protected, maybe in a potential accident or maybe in an accident. Remember how your wife or your sister or your mom or your father or your brother or some friend was really ill with cancer, but they survived. Remember God's hand in that. Remember how you have had mentors and friends to guide you in your faith. Remember how God has sustained you during that season of unemployment or that very lean season. Remember how God miraculously healed you. Remember how God gave you the strength and grace to walk through some very difficult seasons of life. Remember that, that you found his grace. Remember that impossible prayer request that God answered. Remember that you had no idea how the money was going to take you to the end of the month and cover the rent and the bills. But provision came somehow. And, and provision came as you trusted God and you made it. Remember, remember that. But most importantly of all, remember Jesus. I've most recently been watching The Chosen. I don't know if many of you had a chance to watch that. I normally don't like those kind of programs, those kind of productions, but this one has been refreshingly, I believe, encouraging for me. And I, I love the way they're portraying Jesus. I mean, it's difficult to portray Jesus by any actor, any movie, and we certainly fall short for sure, but it's been very refreshing, and I encourage you. To, to avail yourself of that, the chosen. But remember Jesus. 2 Timothy 2.8. Remember Paul writing to Timothy. He said, remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, the offspring of David as preached in my gospel. You know, the antidote to spiritual amnesia is making every effort to recall and remember God's gracious deliverance in your life. The fact that you, a, sin, a sinner who was on his way to hell, who was an enemy of God, the fact that God's grace reached out to you and you are now a beloved child of God, that's a miracle. It's the greatest miracle. Don't ever let that wonder fade. The wonder of coming to Jesus. The wonder of experiencing Jesus. The wonder of experiencing his peace and his forgiveness. Remember that. You might be here this morning. Either in the lower auditorium or upstairs. Or in the downstairs or online. And you might say even as you're listening to this message like wow this is challenging. And yes it is. 
But you know, Jesus is amazing. And even as you have been listening to that, you're thinking, I don't actually even, I can't remember Jesus. I don't even know Jesus. But I want to say to you, it's no accident today that his spirit is reaching to your heart. He knows you. He knows your story. He knows every detail of, his lo- of your life. And the incredible thing is he cares deeply for you. And he's saying, I love you. My child, come to me. Open up your life to me. Allow me to come into your life. So this morning, even as you consider that, I want to lead us in a prayer. And the prayer is simply this, by faith, inviting Jesus to come into our life. And we surrender our life to Jesus, and we allow him to lead our life, and we experience a new birth in him. So let's pray together. And if you, I invite you all to join me. So Lord Jesus, thank you that you died on the cross for me. Thank you, Jesus, that you rose again on the third day. And thank you today that you're, you're tugging on my heart. And I surrender to you, Jesus. I invite you in. I invite you in to be my Lord and my Savior. I don't understand it all, but I'm going to trust you as we walk forward from here. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Amen. If you pray that prayer for the first time today, uh, we want to be an encouragement and a help to you in your newfound faith journey. Coming up on your screen is a uh, phone number. And if you take out your cell phone and just text LIFE to 587-323-1199, and that will give us a chance to, send, to connect you with a really good online resource that will encourage you in your newfound faith journey with Jesus. And if you're here in person, please come talk to us as well. We'd love to meet you and celebrate that together with you and just be of any help or encouragement we can in your journey. Thanks for joining us. If you need anything, don't hesitate to contact us. You can find more information on our website or on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. We'll see you again soon.